Today's podcast is sponsored by the Perturbed Dragon Tavern. It says here that this establishment serves only the finest real ale and the best meat pies this side of Grim Harbor. Well, I can tell you that I visited this establishment a number of times a few years ago. I was part of a gaming group, but we had a falling out that was never resolved. Anyway, their beer tastes like bottled water, and their cocktail selection is almost non-existent. I'm fairly sure that their meat pies are made from rat meat. I was terribly ill after eating one. Anyway, if you feel you have to visit this festering hovel of a tavern, you'll find it just outside the western gate of Thorniston's Hale, the Perturbed Dragon Tavern. Who even comes up with these names? It's ridiculous. Hello, hello, and indeed hello, and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. My name is Russ, a.k.a. Morris, and with me is my causality-violating compatriot, Peter Coffey, <laughs> from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Uh, yes, that clap you heard was, in fact, sent from the time stream uh, forward, just to make sure that we were actually in sync, which will be a lot easier this week, because I'm not in China. Okay, so before we start, Peter, yes. I think we have to deal with something important. What do we have to do? Something with? we need to talk about. Yes. Uh, we've been admonished. <gasps> admonished? Admonished. Told off? Yeah. Disciplined? We, we failed. Oh, no. Sorry. We failed in our duty. Yeah, it seems likely. Hmm. Which particular aspect of our duty <laughs> do we fail in? <laughs> uh, so, um, our, uh, our wonderful uh, Patreon supporter, uh, Bernie Monsanto, um, sent us this message. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, I feel he has a very, very, very good point. Mm-hmm. Um, he says um, he loved the episode about Dread, Judge Dredd. Well, thank you, Bernie. No. Uh, glad to hear it. Oh, um, well listening to it makes him want to think about playing it. Makes him want to think about playing it. it so he's it, not actually it, thinking about playing it, but he no. wants to think about playing it. Yeah, it, it, that's like two steps away from playing. <laughs> well, uh, the, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. <laughs> <laughs> um, just one thing, he asks. Yes. How much does the book weigh? Any podcast can give me a page number count. But only on Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk can I find out the weight of the book using science. By Jingo. He got the name of the podcast right. He got the name of the podcast right, and he has an excellent point. We've been shirking our duty, and we should get on that straight away. By we, we mean Russ. Russ has been shirking his duty. It's I'm not here to keep on the straight and narrow. Well, I I have prepared. Wow. Is that an improvised melee weapon? (laughs) Um, So there's there's some scales down there in the corner of the table. Yes, Russ is pointing at some scales. <laughs> I, I have both um, the uh, Just Dread Standard Edition and I have the Special Edition. Would you like to do the honours and wave them? Yes, yes. Okay. Commencing experimental metrology. Okay, so this okay. is the Standard Edition. Oh, uh, a weighty beast. Is that? That's kilograms. 1.132 kilograms. Wow. That is, that is impressive. I'll, I'll do it again. Just to make sure. Yeah. 1.132. Okay. Final time. Still going to be 1.132. You'd think that, but... <laughs> anyway, yes, 1.132. Ooh, a weighty beast. Oh, there you go, Bernie. So the standard edition weighs 1.132 kilograms. And the uh, special edition. What is that like? 1.186. Ever so slightly heavier. Yeah. I'm not really sure why. Getting an extra 50 grams, hmm. I think. Yes, an extra 50 grams. Oh, there we go. So there we go. worth money. Sorry. We've done our duty. Yeah. We've weighed the books. Just checking. Ah, oh, it's a great day for metrology. We're actually getting the same result three times that. Beautiful. It's almost like it's science. Science! Anyway, so Bernie, we hope you're happy now. We should probably work out the page count, but we can actually just look in the books, I suppose. Yeah, 274, there you go. 274 <laughs> pages of Jewish Red and World 2000 AD with an extra bonus 50 grams if you get the... Um, Deluxe edition? Enhanced yes. edition? Yes. The deluxe enhanced special edition. I'm not sure what the extra 50 grams is composed of. That might be because I licked it before I gave it to you. Ah, yes. Spittle. Osmosis. 50 grams of spittle. That mm. sounds like quite a lot of spittle. <laughs> That's a lot of spittle. <laughs> That's like 50 centiliters. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. That, that, that's, basically a, that's basically a Coke bottle full of spittle. Um, I'm just throwing it out there, Russ. Okay. <laughs> just throwing it out there. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's move on. Let's move yeah, on. yeah. Uh, um, I, I hope no one's listening whilst they're eating their breakfast, for which I apologise. Peter. Russ. What's been on your mind this week? Oh, 
a Kickstarter from a chap I met at a convention. Oh, okay. Uh, he's called Ed Jarrett, and his Kickstarter's for Error the Chosen. Okay. It's coming into its final week, and I'm like, oh, actually, that's that's quite good. Uh, unfortunately, I have been in China for some quite considerable time, uh, but now I've come back, had a look, and it's all uh, all horror-based and so forth. Okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, it's a terrible name, by the way. Sorry, Ed, but it's like Error the Chosen. I would never have guessed it's a horror RPG. But what it is, is that... Um, it's all about if you've ever had that feeling that something's watching you, mm-hmm. not Django, but like something that you can't see, then this this is the game for you. It's like, yeah, it sounds quite exciting. And um, the okay. error system... So the fact that you're watching me right now, that doesn't count. Yes, because you can see I'm watching you. Oh, I see. If I look over there. <laughs> 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 I've just learned an important error about, an important lesson about turning his back on me. <laughs> Oh, it's so good to have you back in the room. (laughs) (laughs) All these hijinks couldn't have happened while you were in China. Exactly, exactly. Hijinks, metrology, zapping people in the ribs. Yeah. Ah. Anyway. So anyway, Era, Era the Chosen. Era the Chosen. I'm going to call it Era. It's E-R-A. It's Chosen. It's on Kickstarter. The final few days. Definitely worth your while looking up. So, uh, what's caught your eye this week? Oh, this is interesting. Yes. More science. What? More science. Apparently, get this, yeah. we're not the only people in the world who do science. Well, no, we was aware of that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, this is new to me. Um, see, this is this is guy over on um, GitHub who... Uh, that's, a, that's a big uh, computer programming repository, isn't it? Yes, it is. Open source sort of chat. Uh, uh, mm. So he's called Cyberscribe, and he's got this project okay. he's done called D20 Data Science. Um, and what he's done is... Um, D20 Data Science? Yes. So, we're, we're not the only people doing science with respect to role-playing games. That is correct. Oh, scary. There's someone else out there. We have competition. Ah. I suspect that his science might be slightly better than our science. Hey, this is quality science here. It's got a proper name. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> well, what, what, what's, what's his science? Okay, so he's taken 5th edition rules. Yes. And uh, he's uh, written this sort of computer program which simulates lots and lots of combats uh, right. by plugging in um, all these different variables mm. um, to work out what is um, responsible for effectiveness in combat. What's the sort of biggest determination of success right. in combat, like mathematically speaking? Yes. Um, so he's like plugs in all sorts of stuff, things like your attack modifier, the amount of damage you do, your hit points, armor class, your initiative right. score, and a, lo- a whole load of stuff, tons and tons of it. Yeah, yeah. Run it through this whole simulator thing. And it would require a much better like mathematician than I to actually explain how all this works. I don't really. There's lots of graphs. Yes. They're, 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 they're nice graphs. Ooh. And there's like scatter diagrams and there's Ooh. equations and all sorts of things. For example, he classifies wizards using the K nearest neighbours, K equals five trained on generic monsters. I don't know what that means, but it sounds scientific. Okay. Okay. And uh, <laughs> he has come to um, an interesting conclusion. And what is an interesting conclusion? What is the most important thing in combat? Well, you see, um, he's using, um, and this is this is, uh, this is how he describes it, he's using regression analysis and machine learning to gain insights into the uh, relationship between combat attributes, mm-hmm. challenge rating, and combat effectiveness. Okay. Um, so uh, what he's determined is initiative doesn't really matter. I couldn't have guessed that. I suspect um, you could. Yeah, it, it, it will help a bit. Like, yeah. if you stab them first, they can't stab you. Yeah. Right. Uh, your attack modifier, your two-hit modifier, doesn't really matter unless mm-hmm. yeah. you're at an extreme, i.e. you are never hitting or you're always hitting. If you're sort okay. of, you know, okay. if, you're in the middle, if you're in the middle of it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter right. for most cases. It doesn't matter. Okay. Similarly, therefore, your AC doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unless, again, it's at an extreme. And, unless you're yeah. an extreme where you can't be hit or you're being hit all the time, yeah. Right. Uh, right. What, so, uh, what does matter... Yes. Uh, really, only two things, apparently, he says. Oh, yes. Two things. Two things. Yes. The amount of damage you do... Yes. And your hit points. They're the two, by far, biggest determinants of how effective you will be in a given combat. Okay, so hit points and damage done, I would have expected to matter, but all the other stuff not mattering... Really not. ...is... Well, that's a new one with me. Huh. Well. Uh, it surprised me completely. And, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll put the link in the show notes and, you know, people better than us can have a look at look at it and, you know, determine for themselves whether or not, you know, that's right or not. Because I, mm. I, you know, I don't understand all this. I just find it fascinating. Big numbers better. You've heard it here first. Yeah. 
Well, but there you go. So that's the conclusion. And so basically all that really matters is um, how much damage you do and mm-hmm. uh, your hit points. God, amazing. Before we do the news, yes. um, something dropped through my door the other day. Did it? On Friday, in fact. Oh, yeah. In fact, quite a few things dropped through my door on Friday, but I only want to talk about one of them. Mostly bills, I imagine. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this, um, this book. Ooh. Have a look at this. Russ is holding up a book with Dungeons & Dragons at the top. Underneath it says Endless Quest, and there appears to be some sort of dwarf with a speech balloon saying, You are the cleric. Mm. Into the dungeon by Matt Forbeck. Yes. Yeah. So this is like a trade paperback size kind of book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to check what it weighs? Oh, okay. We should, we should, put, we should weigh it. Yes. For science. Oh, 286 grams. Wow. Okay. It's no just red, I can tell you that. And that dwarf looks like he's eaten all the pies. So, so what this is, do you, yeah. do you remember Choose Your Own Adventure? Yes, I do. They were great fun. Okay, so uh, I was more of a fighting fantasy kind of guy, because mm. they, they had like, the stats in them, and you had your... Mm. But um, Choose Your Own Adventure was just the ones where you just turn to the, yes. the different pages yes. and so forth. Um, so this is basically a, a Choose Your Own Adventure style book. Yes. Um, it's by Matt Forbeck. Um, yes. Candlewick Press is Ooh. producing it under licence with yes. um, Wizards of the Coast, which is where you've got the actual D&D logo on it. Yes. So I guess that makes it sort of official. And there's four of these books, apparently. The one Ooh. I, the one that dropped through my door is called Into the Jungle. Yes. And it says, You Are the Cleric on it. Ooh. The other ones are called, apparently, uh, Big Trouble, Escape the Underdark, and To Catch a Thief. And uh, each one's a different class. Ah, I'm, so, so. I'm betting To Catch a Thief will be the rogue. Maybe, I Seems guess. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so we, so we got this, Ooh. and um, it looks pretty. Uh, yeah, it looks like a sort of intro to sort of D and D almost sort of thing. Um, you know, this could be someone's sort of gateway into D and D. So oh, it's got full color illustrations yeah, yeah, it's on the gorgeous inside. inside. Look, it's all full color. Oh. You know, it's fairly big text there. Loads, loads of pictures and stuff. Oh, so yeah, yeah, you know, it opens up after several stomach churning weeks at sea aboard a sloop known as the Brazen Pegasus. Oh, you yeah. finally arrive at port. Nianzaru, on the northern shore of the distant continent of Chult. Chult. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, you read a couple of pages, and at the end, you know, uh, yep. find your own guides, turn to page six. Head mm. into the jungle on your own, turn to page nine. Hi, <laughs> Kwanda and Kupali, turn to page 17. Uh, page nine, um, you decide you can't afford to trust any guides, not when you're on such an important mission. Mm. Uh, and then there's one, two... Three pages of text. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm, interesting. Uh, the, the last paragraph is um, you appear to be in a village built on a gigantic net which is attached to a tree. Goblins are chopping at the ropes that hold the tree down and your eyes widen in frightened understanding as the last rope snaps as the giant tree pings back into its upright position. The net is flung into the air taking you and every one of the huts in the village with it and depositing it all more than half a mile away. You get away from the dinosaur, but you can't escape the landing. The village survives, but you do not. The end. I'm sorry, Peter, you're dead. Well, to be expected. I was not expecting a bit with the village, the goblins, and the net. That was new to me. To be fair, there's a picture of a zombie Tyrannosaurus Rex there, and, um, yeah, and a whole load of text I didn't read. I would expect which, zombie to... Which contextualises this, I'm sure, in some way. It makes it make more sense. A lot more sense. But why, why, why start making sense now? Mm. It's been, what, 12, 13 podcasts, and we've not made a lick of sense so far. I'm not going to start now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. All right. Well, oh, that's Endless Quest by Into the Jungle, Matt Forbeck. Yes. Exciting. Yeah. By Candlewick Press. Candlewick Press. We'll stick a link in the show notes. Would you like to do the news? I would love to do the news. Let's do the news. All right, let's do the news then. Woo-hoo. If you insist. I do. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be a terrible... Fine, we'll do the news then. We'd be a terrible news podcast if we didn't do the news. I'm just throwing it out there. Is that what we are, a news podcast? That's what I hear. (laughs) I think it might be something to do with the name. I still think we should change it to the Wizards of Pod. (laughs) Wizards of Pod. We are not the Wizards of Pod. We will never be the Wizards of Pod. (laughs) This is not a thing that's going to (laughs) happen. Anyway. Anyway, right, the news. Let's have a look. What do we have? What do we have in the news? Uh, WizKids, um, well known for their plastic miniatures and things like that, mm-hmm. have previewed some new D&D miniature sets. Ooh. Okay, so what we have is a set based on Waterdeep Dragon Heist. 
Oh, yes. Um, yeah. If you have a look here. Ooh, they've got a little elephant as well. A big elephant, indeed. Well, With yeah. a little, little, looks like a little thing you can actually put a figurine in to, on, on, the, on, the, on the top of the elephant yes. as well, well which is kind of cool. Oh, you've got some um, like portals floating around. Oh, I'm seeing a beholder. There's a beholder, yes. Cat I'm guessing, is, is that a Xanathar, maybe? I don't know. Uh, it might be the Xanathar. There's a bear. Uh, there's, yeah. a, there's a leaping wolf. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a trifid. I don't know what that is. I, I don't know. It's got a lot of tentacles going on. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, so there's, oh, ho- there's this whole set of um, dragon... About 30 of them. Yeah, it says some of Waterdeep's most notorious villains, yes. um, including um, the mysterious Manshoon, founder of the Zentarim, mm-hmm. and popular animals for your wild shape needs, like the mm-hmm. uh, dire wolf and the brown bear. Oh, oh the tactical dire wolf. The tactical, the tactical doll. Doll. and the vicious brown bear. Uh, so I see that there are further uh, forty-four figures. How exciting! Yeah. It's not the only set, though. <gasps> no. We have a set called City of the Dead, which um, has some coffins. Yes. Uh, it has some tombs. Some statues. They look like weeping angels to me. Oh yes, yes, yes. A bit, of a, a bit of a Doctor Who theme going on there. <laughs> I, I don't think they are weeping angels, but they they are, you know. If you know what a weeping angel looks like, you'll know basically what these statues look a bit like. It, it's big, it's stone. I don't think they're covering its face, from what I can see, which would be my classic, this is how I identify a weeping angel, because it's like playing peekaboo <laughs> in a sort of terminal fashion. Yes. And finally, we have some uh, spellbacks. I quite like the look of these, actually. So oh, it's pretty sweet, actually. Um, yeah. So we've got uh, a wall of fire and a wall of ice. Yeah. And if you have a look at this, there's sort of one, two, three, four, five, sort of six... Yeah. Six squares long and one wide, and one of them is kind of a blue. So it's like a what's it? A six by one inch. Yeah, and I'm probably gonna say about four inches tall. And it's actually like a painted wall of ice. It looks yeah. like. And there's yeah. one. And there's one of fire too. But six walls of ice. There's six yeah. walls of fire. But also, there's a whole bunch of other ones. There's some spiritual weapons. There's some grasping oh, yeah. big beast grasping hands. Ah, there's yes. some grasping vines. Yeah. Um, mage hand, dancing oh. lights, tensors, floating disc. There's like loads of them. Clouded daggers. Yeah. Get in. Hmm. Moving on. So, yeah. are you are you a fan of Savage Worlds? Ah, uh, I have played and run quite immense amounts of Savage Worlds. In fact, it's one of my proud boasts that I can at a convention. Do character creation and a heist all in a four-hour time slot. Excellent. Yes. Well, did you know there's a new Savage Worlds coming? Oh, really? A new edition. I'm listening. It has been codenamed Savage Worlds Black for the last year or so. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the actual product, um, which is going to appear on Kickstarter in October, is just simply going to be called Savage Worlds. Oh, yes, yes. That's good. That's nice and not confusing at all. Yeah, um, I'm sure so, it won't be. Well, I'm hoping it's backwards compatible with all the existing Savage Worlds. Um, I'm not sure, but uh, oh, okay. Shane Hensley, the creator, he says, um, yes. first off, we want you to know that Savage Worlds Black is officially just Savage Worlds. The black in the title was just a code name. And uh, it was a reference to an original cover concept they had. They, yeah. um, they were originally just going to have this plain black cover, which I think would have been mm. quite cool, but um, they've, they've got a cool illustrated cover instead now, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're launching a Kickstarter Tuesday, October the 16th. Um, it's going to be 192 pages, uh, hardback and softback versions. Mm-hmm. The hardback is going to be $39.99, mm-hmm. softback $29.99. There you go, in answer to your question, rest assured that the game is very compatible with previous editions and settings, and we will publish a free conversion and update guide. Oh, nice. Liking it better. So right. there we go, Savage Worlds. Mm. New edition, coming soon. Ooh, ooh, tempting. Uh, Rick and Morty. Ah, Rick and Morty, yes. They play D&D, apparently. Well, of course they do. They are massive geeks. Yeah, there's a comic book series. Yes. Uh, I haven't seen it myself. There's, mm-hmm. there's the cover of it, though. You can see sort of Rick and Morty there. and um, Oh, Rick... Patrick Ruffus is an author. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, oh, there's wow. a, a gelatinous cube there. There's a beholder in the background. It's going super well. A, glowing, a pink glowing D20. <laughs> uh, so it's a it's, it's a it's a limited sort of mini series thing. Mm. The first one is out now already. So it's a comic book. It looks like it's a comic book. Mm. Um, it, it says uh, when Morty needs to learn how to play D and D to keep up with the cool kids, is hard drinking, <laughs> old school gaming, mad science making grandpa is happy to teach him how to roll the dice. But neither of them is prepared oh. for the saving throws they're about to fail or the true quest yet to come. Strap on a plus one longsword and grab your ten foot pole because this is going to be a gaming gauntlet like no other. I assume they end up in a actual D and D world. Is 
it's going to be the... That would be a very Rick and Morty thing to have happen. Yes, though. exactly. So there you go. This yeah. Rick and Morty comic book series is out now. And uh, yeah, they uh, they go into some kind of D&D world. Yeah, there's already a Rick and Morty comic book out there. But this looks like it might be quite a sharp left turn. So, mm. um, so it's the um, 30th anniversary of the original cyberpunk role-playing game. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a, that's a storied story game yes it is there's going to be a new edition of uh, cyberpunk it's called cyberpunk red Mm -hmm. uh, the fourth edition of the game Uh, it will be set in the 2040s and uh, exists as a bridge between the 2020 era and the 2077 setting of the video game with Uh rules based on the interlock system i don't know the interlock system but um not familiar here but cyberpunk 2020 and now we've got what, a 2040 version? Mm. Okay, okay. Um, so that's coming. Yeah. Have you, you heard of Gamma? There's a lot of things called Gamma. Right? The, the, game, a lot of things. the Game Manufacturers Association. Oh, yes, yes. I've heard of those. Uh, yes. So they, um, amongst other things, um, organise their Gamma trade show in um, Las Vegas every year. Mm-hmm. And the um, Origins Game Fair. Oh, okay, nice, nice. There appears to be some sort of strife going on over at Gamma. Ooh. There's a whole load of stuff going on. Oh, is there drama for us? Is there drama? Know, I, I don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. Well, I know Hands rubbing intensified. What's, what's leaking through. So, <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, D- Daryl wrote about this in his column. Oh, yes, yeah. On July 25th, um, Gamma um, voted to terminate. And by terminate, I don't think they mean as in Terminator. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment until I find out what's going I on. Are Sarah Connor? No, it's, uh, <laughs> I, th- I, I think that means in the contract of yes. uh, Deputy Director Angela Ward, uh, okay. who has now hired an employment attorney. Oh. Uh, so it sounds like there's some friction there. Um, but then, um, that's not the end of the drama. Okay. August the 2nd at Gen Con, uh, Gamma oh. President Stephen Brissord, uh-huh. I think that's how you pronounce his name, but because I pronounced it, that means that's definitely not how you pronounce his name. Oh, we agreed on how to pronounce... Actually, I think um, it might be Stefan. Matt Forbeck's name. So, uh, so he might enjoy the special virtue of being like <laughs> the only person to get the name correctly pronounced on this podcast. Hmm. Well, he was expelled from Gen Con. Oh. Uh, following a physical altercation with convention security. He had a fight with security at a convention. Well, I don't know the exact situation, but basically he was loading uh, merchandise for his booth. He's, right. And um, some kind of incident happened where he came into conflict with uh, Gen Con security. Yeah, there was a police report filed and everything, and he was asked to leave Gen Con. Wow. Um, so he released a statement and an apology and so forth. Well, fair enough, fair enough. Hmm. Then, um, finally, on August the 24th, um, Mm. Gamma has announced that Gamma's executive director, John Ward's contract, will not be renewed when it expires in February. Uh, This is apparently a narrow vote and and stuff. Um, So that's like three of the sort of highest level people in Gamma of. In some sort of weird strife at the moment, so I don't know what's going on. It's like their management team needs to get it together. It's like stop, make headlines for good reasons, not yeah, bad reasons. Yeah. I don't know. We'll keep an eye on that and see yeah. what happens. But it's just yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got in the news? Um, oh, <laughs> yes, of course. How could I forget? Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Ah, yes. Comes Ooh. out this week. Oh, yes. Friday. Um, so Wizards of the Coast have got their copies in the office. If you have a look here, I've got some pictures of various Wizards of the Coast staff members proudly holding up the um, the book. You know, uh, the book hits stores on Friday. And um, that's sort of uh, special people in uh, special stores in the uh, Wizards Preferred Network stores. Yes. Yeah, and then everywhere else, including Amazon and so forth, 11 days later. So that'll be Tuesday Ooh. after. Well, yes. Uh, so, looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, that's the one with the different seasons have different villains. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm, four, yeah. Four, four different villains for maximum replayability. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. I think that's it for the news this week. Well, yeah, but what a, what a bumper crop it's been. Yes, yes. Hello and welcome back to the Perturbed Dragon Tavern. Um, I'm here with uh, Malak the Maleficent, who uh, has just come across the back end of his latest um, attempt at world domination. Um, I think it's um, fairly uh, safe to say that uh, this attempt didn't go quite according to plan. Not exactly, no. But my publicist believes I should engage the press wherever I can to get them on my side. 
control the story, you understand. And, and thus you've called this press junket to uh, discuss your recent, um, I hesitate to use the word failure, but it's certainly not a success. May, may I make a suggestion? Mm. Don't use the word failure. Noted. Do not use the word failure. I'll explain why. If you use the word failure, I will destroy you. I will kill you. Oh. And I will kill your family. And I will kill your friends. I will destroy your entire town. And then I will feast upon your remains. Well, I... And when I say feast, I'm actually vegetarian. But I will look at your remains. Smugly. So noted. Um, I will not use that word then. Um, so um, this latest attempt involves some kind of, um, as I recall, a rat colossus. Indeed. I created the rat colossus as an experiment in creating rat colossi. The intention was for it to roam the globe, destroying everything it finds. Rat colossi are very, very hungry, you know, and they like to seek out cheese wherever they can. And most cities have cheese, so... It was a foolproof plan. It does sound like a solid plan. It does, doesn't it? So what what went wrong? Well, it turns out that a certain individual who I will not name, Dr. Victor von Wolfhausen Smythe, created his own rat colossus. And my rat colossus met his rat colossus. And do you know what they did? No. They fell in love. And they ran away together to an island in the Pacific. Oh, I see. So these two rat colossi are living together in harmony on an island in the Pacific. Interesting. Yes, that's right. Love is a a beautiful and many splendid thing. And even two rat colossi deserve happiness. It does sound quite beautiful. I'm quite touched by the story, to be honest. Well... Let me tell you how it's going to end. I'm going to seek them out, and I'm going to destroy them, and then I'm going to feast on their remains! In in as much as I'm a vegetarian, so I shall probably just look at their remains and chuckle. That does sound like the sort of thing you would do. I mean, I, I must express my commiserations for your latest failure, but um, what? perhaps in the future. What did you call I it? Mean, what did you I say? Mean, your 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 latest um uh uh, uh non successful attempt. How dare you, you puny little no, man! No, don't don't kill me! Don't kill me again, please! I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to put you in my deepest darkest dungeon and torture you until the next full moon. Oh, that's 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 in about three hours. Well, it sounds like you're getting off lucky then, doesn't it? Let's play our favourite game in all the world ever. It's called Yes, the Kickstarter, oh. from just being told the name. Um, so, all right then, let's do it. Let's do yes, the game. Let's do the game. Yes. Okay. Pick some good ones for me, Russ. Item one, numero uno. The first. Item the first. Yes, let's do it. What is uh-huh. main gosh? Well, main gosh is a parrying dagger. Yes. You traditionally hold it in your left hand. That's literally what it means. So um, I'm telling you that it's not a Kickstarter for a parrying dagger. You can't see my face, listeners. <laughs> but this is the face of a deeply disappointed man. Right. Um, I am going to say it might be some sort of expansion for Zweihander. Because they've got a theme going and they're going to run with it. How am I doing? Uh, a million points out of ten. Woohoo! That is exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, so 300 to 400 pages. Yeah. Main, oh my god, that's not an expansion, that's like a new game. Yes. It's an all new gritty and dark supplement. Mm. Um, so there's this sort of like a uh, new professions, uh, mm-hmm. new materials, weapons, armor, vehicles, fantastic machines, alchemy, witch science, uh, new demons and their worship, um, 99 covenant magic spells, new rituals, uh, new monsters, rules for conspiracies and investigations, and mm-hmm. an investigative adventure called There's Something About Marie, or Mary, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that's Marie. Let me see. Was it? Was it? Oh, yeah. Sophie about Marie. Which I know because it's my mother's name. Well, there we go. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> um, so it's going to be a black and white book with a colour cover. Next one is Domina Magica. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, right. That, 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 you're not actually just reading stuff out. I'm supposed to guess what things are. That is the idea. I remember now. <laughs> I, I, I played this game before many times. Domina Magica. So it would be about the um, sort of the mastery of magic. Um, because that's what like, well, Domina would be like mistress or something of magic. So mistress of magic, maybe might be a new rule system, but I think maybe it's like a some sort of magical supplement for something. Okay, uh, probably fifth. Ed. It is a magical girl RPG by Emily Reinhardt. Ooh, full tabletop role playing game designed to emulate an episode of a magical girl anime. You create and role play a schoolgirl in either elementary, middle, or high. And run through the typical scenario of everyday school life. I see. Um, Sailor Moon, that's a magical girl anime, right? I believe you. That's what my wife tells me. I don't know. When you and your friends encounter strange happenings around the school, it's revealed you are the next generation of magical girls. Uh, You have been selected to help fight the forces of evil and only the power of love and friendship that you possess will send these dark beings back to wherever it is they came from and all before dinner time. Good to know. So I'm guessing this is a game for kids. Um, it says it's designed to be played in one session with each game being a sort of different experience. I am sure many adults will enjoy having a great I'm time sure. playing Magical Girl I am sure. RPG. Yeah. Uh, Domina, Domina Magica. Yes. Fantastic. Um, so you zero points out of right. nine for that. It, it's fair. There is that. Okay, yes. this one then. Yes? Entromancy. 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 Uh, E-N-T-R-O? Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like they're trying to make a portmanteau of, I'm going to say entropy and mancy. So it's like being able to speak to entropy or in the more modern sense of the word, like being able to manipulate entropy in order to achieve pseudo-magical effects. We've got to have entropy has a concept. So let's throw it out as like Monday or near future RPG where you play entropomancers or entromancers and uh, wrangle from there. How's that? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not, you're not far off at all. I think that's like mm. a, a good sort of eight or nine points out of ten for that. Um, that's good. So let's go with seven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Robbed. <laughs> uh, so it's a, it's a cyberpunk fantasy role playing game yeah. based on the fifth edition rules, D and D fifth edition rules. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, set in San Francisco yes. or Fan San Francisco, depending on whether <laughs> <laughs> Russ is saying it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, late 21st century. Um, okay. Like I said, system based on 5th edition. Um, you were totally right. Chaos based magic of the Entromancer. Mm. Interested in putting together a crew of night agents to clean out San Francisco's presidio of zombie-like ragers? Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Want to stealth hack your way into enemy territories, a vanguard, enhancing your faction standing with the underraced nation of Oricone? Oh, yes, Oricone, yes. Uh, Looks like it's got gold. Yeah. I was expecting more Arahalcum. So you you can be a a knight agent, a revolutionary, Mm. a technomancer, a Mm. terromancer, or a Mm. vanguard. Oh. And uh, then there are five destinies, which are the Auricar Elite, the Entromancer, mm-hmm. which is the, the one you came up with earlier, the Infiltrator, mm-hmm. Inquisitor, and the Weapon Master. Oh, sounds very exciting. Oh, there a lot go. of people very happy about that sort of sci-fi uh, using the 5th D&D rules. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that looks quite interesting. Yeah. That's our favourite game in all the world over for this week. Oh. That's disappointing, isn't it? It is. It is. Never mind. Oh, well. Well, what's the, what's the topic of the week this week then, Peter? Mm. Well, one of the things that often comes up, which I see online, is talking about building communities and getting games clubs started and so forth. Like you run enworld.org. And you run a RPG club. I do run an RPG club. That's why I keep talking about the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Well, why don't you, you, te- you tell us about how you started that up? I mean, why, why did you start that up, first of all? Well, basically, I was really bored. And I wanted to play more RPGs, and all the people I knew, they were basically more board game players. Mm. So I think Angus put her thing up saying, hey, who wants to play Dungeons & Dragons? I was like, oh, I want to play Dungeons & Dragons. And he said he had 25 people Mm. tell him he wanted to play. So clearly there was a demand out there. 
then I basically badgered him until <laughs> we got together. Then we had a discussion, looked around for a venue and started running. It was a bit of a bit of a risk, but it, it's worked out really well. Hmm. How, many, how many members have you got there now? And... Uh, oh, been away for a bit. Right, well, well I, before I you left, you've probably got none left now, but <laughs> how many before you went to China? We've got something like 200, 300 members on Facebook. Then we've got another... Like basically, people who attend, mm, which is what I would sort of consider to be the important number. Mm, uh, yeah, we've had something like a hundred and twenty-five unique attendees. Yeah, and I'm told that we've had a fair amount of people signing up as members. We've probably got, we had at least forty before I went, and mm-hmm. I think we've got in the region of fifty. Right. So this is people who paid us ten pounds for a year's membership. Yeah. Which reduced the cost of the sessions. What would you sort of say were sort of some of the challenges involved in like setting up a, a like a local community like that? Well, the biggest challenge is getting people to have actually heard of you. Right. I've been on advertising like word of mouth on Facebook, uh, on Reddit. There's a site called Meetup.com, which is mm-hmm. essentially a way you can find like-minded people and get them to come together. So I've acquired three groups <laughs> right. which are related and they all do the same thing but now all our meetup groups are basically me right. <laughs> you know, uh, just putting them all together uh, and also there's been a fair amount of like physical presence going around all the geek shops in Southampton saying hey how are you doing and um, asking if we can put up posters and uh, offering to advertise them to people in Southampton because it, it's all about networks. Mm. It really is. It's like, if people haven't heard of you, they can't come. Of course, yeah. Yeah, and um, so it's like been signing up various Facebook groups and like trying to let people know. I think once you reach a certain number of people and you're active enough, then stuff starts coming through. So, yeah, you, you know, get like a critical mass, don't you? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then it just starts rolling on by itself. Yeah. So you had any sort of like problems or any sort of like um, sort of community-based problems? Any... I've been, been very clear about what it is we're set up to do, which is we're here to promote role-playing games in Southampton. Mm-hmm. And to do that, we're dedicated to diversity and inclusivity, mm-hmm. which I've not personally had any problems with, but people have told me that apparently I'm a dreadful person because... My you obsession. are a dreadful person. But that's, I, that's I, I, I am a dreadful person, but this is people who haven't actually met me. Oh, right. So, okay. so, so I was like, well, that seems a bit harsh. <laughs> um, uh, it's apparently because we're dedicated to diversity and inclusivity, there are some people who feel that um, I hate to characterise their position, but they think role-playing games should just be for men. Right. Which I find a deeply bizarre proposition because we're, we're grown-ups playing Let's Pretend. Mm. Everyone can, if you've got an imagination, and even if you don't think you have an imagination, you can still play and have a lot of fun role-playing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's some of the best fun I've ever had. I've made some amazing friends just doing it, and it's this one of my absolute favourite things to do and talk about. Part of the reason why I'm on a podcast devoted to talking about RPG news. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah we've had, we've had um, one chap who got quite angry at me over miscommunications on stuff because online communication is can be very hard mm. and he got really annoyed at me about many things and he's got his own point of view that's cool but uh he decides to get very angry mm. and start physically threatening me which was nice. i felt a brave choice uh, what do you play so just online oh in person oh so yes it was not, not a message board hero so, yeah, it's what, like, did he, what did he say um oh come on he was like you know, the he, he, he was waving his finger in my face quite aggressively. It was like looking like he was getting ready to um like you know, start throwing punches and stuff. I was like, oh, oh yeah. I was like, mm. how exciting! Well, your band, please leave. Yes. <laughs> so what was that one about then? He had firm views about having his own personal table and had not been showing up on a frequent basis. So part of the thing is we are dedicated to diversity and inclusivity. It's always a constant battle between. Filling the space, yeah, but also allowing people with say hearing issues to find their own place so they can work stuff. So it's like a slightly quieter room, mm-hmm. and I needed to move some of that there so it was like a bit quieter so they could like you know actually focus and hear what the GM was saying. Right, yeah, it's it's such a challenge. I mean, part of the reason we're in the centre we are, which is the the Millennium Third Age Centre, 
is because that's actually got amazing access. It's got step-free access from the pavement to all floors. Very, very helpful there, and it's got good lighting. It's a nice, safe environment, so people mm-hmm. can go there and not feel that they're going to be mugged by going into a dark alley. Uh, it smells nice. We've got tables, chairs. Tables and chairs. I know. Wow, the luxury. I know. You're telling me you've got, like, walls and... Floors and ceilings I and know. everything. That the whole nine yards, man. The whole nine wow. yards. Wow. And like, they're, as I say, they're really, they're really nice to us. And then we make sure we tidy up. And apparently, that makes us unusual and lovely tenants. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So um, it took a bit of doing, but it's just like you just have to keep on advertising, 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 mm. and um, letting people know. And yeah, it's it's worked out well. Mm. I mean, it is difficult sort of getting a word out for these sort of things. I mean, you've yeah. been using what you say, Facebook, yes. putting posters up. And have you got any sort of way of knowing where the various people came from, whether it's because they saw a poster or if they saw you on Facebook or, or stuff like that? The, the single biggest way we get people in the door mm. is because they're friends with someone else who's in the club. Right, yeah, so networking. And yeah, uh, right, well, yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you tag people on Facebook sure. and then it appears in their friends' Facebook feeds yeah. and so forth. But I don't want to just like get the same people mm. um i'm like actively reaching out to people that wouldn't normally go so i've also got meetup.com yeah which is it's a really good way to get people who aren't necessarily on facebook because mm. they do exist and like there are people who just don't want to have anything yeah, to no, i know people who aren't on facebook it's a bit weird yeah yes i know it's, it, no, it can not. be very intrusive mm. and very demanding well i'm on i'm on facebook i'm on twitter yeah i use those two quite a bit mm-hmm. um I'm, Mainly, I'm on EN World, obviously. Yeah, and um, that's got like quite a lot of forums associated with it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I think that's about it. Yeah, okay. So I mean, I've got I've got a Reddit account, but I've never really used it. So so it's mostly you've got a lot of internet only sort of ways of bringing people together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah whereas yeah. I'm more focused on like the like you know physically, you come to our place and you role play and we sort you out of the game and hook yeah, you right, up. I don't have it in. <laughs> All right, so you've got a life. All right, okay. I, I get, I get the message. I, I see the subtext here. Well, it's been, it's, well, well, to be fair, it's been really good for me because it meant that people that I've met purely through the club, I've actually made quite good friends with, mm-hmm. and they came around my house the other day just so we could catch up because they've been running in my absence. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Oh, that's." A, I was showing them my library because I have books and stuff, and they was like, "Well, you know, it's like you, you want people to see books." And then and I say, like, "Oh, those are some books that." My wife bought me, and I said, oh, well, I could run that game for her. I was like, yeah, that's good. And next thing you know, there's like a little message chain ex- exploding, all about how we're going to the Rise of the Dragon Queen and like the Horde of Tiamat mm. <laughs> with an all-cobalt party. Yeah. It's a terrible idea, but it might just be fun. Sure. Yeah. I mean, my experience of gaming has always been sort of home games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got um, a Thursday night group, Yeah. yeah. Um, which um, is around at my friend um, Nick's house. It's basically this group... It's been in existence for, well, some members of it, yeah, going back to when I was about 20, I think. Mm. Yeah, that group's been around for a long, 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 long mm. time. And it's been, you know, held at various places over the mm. years. And then there's some other people that have drifted in. There's probably about a good dozen other people that have drifted in mm. and out over the years. Yeah. Yeah, so I've, I've basically had a fairly steady gaming group going mm. for all that time. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and that's really important because, like, these, like, individual home games are mm. essentially the backbone of any role-playing game Absolutely. Community. Although, yeah. of course, things like uh, online streaming games and stuff are really, really big now. Oh, that's, absolutely, they, yeah. They're, they're making a big difference. You have to remember when you talk about RPG, you're not alone. They're mm. all, like, they're, they're out there, man. The geeks are out there. It's just, like, often people tend to be anywhere. Anywhere I've gone, there's always been, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they are definitely out there. And I mm. think more so in America. Mm-hmm. Than here, and there's plenty of them here. Oh, and that might, I mean, to an extent, I suppose it's partly just sort of a networking thing, and the the people that I associate with are are more likely to be gamers, and therefore their friends are more likely to get gamers. So maybe I have this slight sort of bubble effect where. You know, I keep meeting people who are gamers yeah, yeah, yeah. just because of who I know and, and things like that. Exactly. It sort of snowballs on Yeah, something. yeah. So, you know, maybe maybe we do have this sort of mild echo chamber effect where maybe we think there's more of them out there than there are. I don't know. But, but, but it's, it's, it's more stuff. Yeah. Maybe. But, I mean, part of it has also been that role-playing is cool now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, you're doing, like, the news section about 
what was it? It was a section about there was some people Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, Morty yeah. wants to be like the cool kids yeah. who are doing the RPGs. Yeah, well, like D and D is like so. It's not just in that though, is it? It's yeah. on the Big Bang Theory. It's in Stranger yeah. Things. Mm. But then again, you think about it. It was in ET. Yeah, it goes back that far. I mean, it's mm. always been in pop culture, but yeah. just at the moment, much, much more so. Absolutely. Uh, I think part of that is due to the fact that people have grown up playing D&D and they're like... Oh. And they're now the people making stuff. Yeah, yeah, they are now the people making stuff. And they're like, hey, you know what? Let's not just stick with, I'm going to have to say it, like tired and vaguely racist tropes from the 1970s. It's like, you know, because a lot of it has been really inhospitable. Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm. if you had a woman on a book, she had anatomically improbable cleavage mm. And spying in the best Lyfieldian traditions. Mm. It's one of those things. I mean, there, there are some things which are always true. Like, there's always gamers out there mm. that you just they just don't know they're gamers yet. <laughs> you always end up, as a GM, buying the games that you want to play. Right, yeah. And you can never get anyone to run them for you. Unless you're lucky. See, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly different. I think I prefer running games to playing oh. them. In fact, I think sometimes I get I don't know, not bored, but I don't know. I definitely, when I'm, when I'm playing a game, yeah. I kind of wish I was running it. Mm-hmm. And I think, generally speaking, I get more pleasure out of the running it side of things than I do the, the playing side of things. And I know that's not the same for everyone, but that's just, mm. you know, that's just it for me. So I just mm. enjoy, you know, that process of, of, of running a game more than I enjoy the process of playing one. I don't know, I don't know why. It's not... But is it the storytelling it's not, it's aspect? Not, it's not a control thing, definitely. No, no, no. It's not uh, maybe an element of the storytelling aspect, uh-huh. I suppose, yeah. Um, uh, you do get to play a lot more characters as a GM. There's that too. You um, are the cast of thousands. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm any good or not, but, mm. you know, I you know, I enjoy it and people seem to enjoy it. But, well, the, the, the one reliable metric of are you doing a good job is mm. are your players having fun? Yeah. And the reliable metric for that is do they keep coming back? Well, there is that, yeah. yeah. Well, if they keep coming back... Well, I am blackmailing them, of course. Oh, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Apart from the one I'm paying, but you know. <laughs> I, had about, I had wondered about those nude photos you made me take. <laughs> Bad news for us, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I prefer to run games and play them. I don't mm. don't I? And I really like writing them as well. So. Yeah, yeah. But you uh-huh. should come down the club and run some Judge Dredd for us. I probably will, yeah. 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 Oh, that'd be fantastic. Although, having said that, I've now moved on to a season approach. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, yeah. Because what we were doing was we were just basically... Yeah, people end up just sitting in the, in the same groups forever, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a thing that a lot of clubs struggle with, and I think a lot of people have got the same solution you have. Uh, I saw it from a role-playing club that's about 20, 30 miles down the road, Bournemouth Berserkers. Yeah. Um, and we've got Portsmouth Guild role-players over to the side, but I yeah. think they're, they're doing different things. So, and that, that's something. Once you've got the group started, you reach out and you, like, try and get on with other clubs. I think the worst thing that can happen is people regard it as competition. Mm. It, it's basically not. It's basically all about expanding your networks. Because people are going to go to whichever club is closest. Yes. Ultimately. It's like supermarkets. You go to one that's by your house. Mm. Unless there's a really good reason not to. Yeah. Like, if you go to a place and it's full of rotten apples... You would never buy fruit at that supermarket ever again. Or maybe I would only buy fruit at that supermarket. Well, your 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 own things are your things, but apples <laughs> that you did not want, right? <laughs> but yeah, um, so it's, but but this means that if people come or if they like move, they're like, oh well, I know about this, and every person that you reach is basically a node that tells all the people they know, or hopefully mm. they tell them about them. So someone says, oh, I want to work role play, and say, oh, there's a place over in Southampton that does it. In the same way that people come in the door and say, oh, I've come over from Portsmouth because I've heard of you. I'm like, hmm, well, it's nice to have you in. Let me tell you about the Portsmouth Guild of Rollflats. <laughs> okay, so should we do the competition? Mm. Yes, let's. Do you remember the question from last week? I vaguely recall something about how many piles of dust were in the corner of uh, Mal- Malefic the Maleficent? <laughs> you can't say it either, good. It's not just <laughs> Malefic the Maleficent? Uh, Malak the Maleficent. I, Ma- s- I still can't say oh, it. Oh, Malik the Maleficent. Yeah, for that some term. reason that word just won't come to me. I don't know why. Well, well clearly you're not a big fan of Angelina Jolie. Who yes. That took, that took me a second there. Yeah, yes. yeah okay. Um, right, so, um, yeah, we got a whole load of entries to last week's competition. Yes. The prize was um, a copy of Judge Dredd and oh. the Awards of 2018. Wow. And then we got 10 entries. Was it 11? 10, 10 or 11 entries. What? Um, That's a crazy amount. And the question was, how many journalists did Malak kill? 
Yes. And the answer to the question is, of yes. course, not 47. Not 47. But 48, because Ooh. he killed me at the end. That's awkward. Yes, it is yeah. awkward. You're looking well for it. I'm So let's quickly whip through the, uh, the various people who, uh, who we have should, mentioned. We should stop having him on the podcast if he's going to go around killing the house. <laughs> yeah. It's just rude, man. Um, let me just rude. check how many we've got. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten entries. Ten That's good, entries. so we can run a D10 for that. I was going to say, eleven would be awkward. Yes. Okay, listen at home. Right. Please try and ensure that you only write in with even numbers, preferably... Of a polyhedra, because yes, if you could, if you could like pair up with another listener and then agree to both enter at the same time or neither of you, that would be a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, we're we're happy for you all to enter. It's it's cool. (laughs) Just give us a heads up. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, Mm -hmm. entry number one was from Andrew Winterburn. Oh, thanks for listening, Andrew. Uh, he uh, says, Russ and Peter, uh, before I attempt to answer this week's competition question, mm-hmm. could I say many thanks for the weekly podcast, which I have had the pleasure of listening to from the first episode, Andrew. You're very welcome. It's great to be entertained and informed on the goings-on in the role-playing games industry while commuting my way into Melbourne's CBD each Thursday morning. I don't know what CBD is. Central Business District. Oh, okay. Good good stuff. We've got listeners in Australia. I'm so excited. Uh, I must also say I'm looking forward to getting my hands on Judge Dredd and the Wars of 2018 one way or the other. So, how many journalists has mad at the... God, why can I not say Malik that word? Maleficent. Turned into piles of dust. Just call him the end dog. Uh, the answer would appear to be zero, he says. Interesting. There are 47 piles of dust in the interview, according to our brave journalist, to which he is added, making a total of 48 piles of dust. Mm-hmm. However, according to Malak, they are made of ash, not dust. And who are we to argue? Okay, Just not next one. Answer, yes. yeah. Graham Alexander. Mm-hmm. Who says, Borag Thung, fellow gamers. Someone's a 2080 fan. Well, that's Uh, good. (laughs) Malak the Maleficent insinuated 48 journalists, which includes Paul Morris into piles of ash. Well, he's supposed to buy ash as well. Perhaps Mm. Malak would be better saluted to a career in in the Justice Department's linguistics division. He would certainly appreciate the lawgiver's incendiary rounds. For crimes of suboptimal pronunciation, the sentence is death. Splendid <laughs> Verthrick. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Do you know, like the I'm uh, enjoying that burn. The, the listeners' emails are basically better than better than our actual podcast. Yeah, I know. try not to draw attention to it. <laughs> okay, we have uh, Lee Donovan. Hey, hey, Lee. Hi, Russ and Peter. Oh. Great podcast this week, and props to Daryl for tying all the various Skype feeds together. Indeed. It, it was, no doubt, a mighty effort. Now, before I answer the question of how many journalists were turned to dust <laughs> by a Malik the Maleficent, Millicent, Millicent, he's making a, uh, a joke in writing by misspelling it multiple times. Oh, I see. See? Uh, I am going okay. to make a few assumptions. Number yes. one, you are talking about journalists cold in this interview. Yes. Two, none of the later journalists were dusted. Three, Mm -hmm. despite clearly having access to a scroll of resurrection, the blood-curdling scream at the end of the interview was Russ going the way of half of the Avengers. (laughs) Oh, topical. Four, none of the orcs in Malak's horde were war correspondents, battle schools, or had any other official journalistic qualifications. That's a good point, because during the sketch, he did, in fact, destroy his his horde of orcs. Did. But uh, we're agreeing that they weren't journalists, so they don't count. You don't know that. <laughs> so terrifying. Based on these assumptions, the answer yeah. is 48. It seems legit. He says, I may get a little ex- overexcited if I win, so I'll keep an extra pair of trousers on hand when listening next week. And if not, I am probably going to back the Kickstarter anyway. All the best, Lee Donovan. Oh, thank you very much for listening, Lee. And thank you for that detailed analysis of the situation <laughs> can't pay for that sort of thing uh, next we have uh, Mark uh, Rosenthal 
Are you sure? Fairly sure it's Rosenthal. Are I seem sure? to remember he told us it was Rosenthal. Okay. We apologise, Mark. Greetings, That's Russell and Peter. Congratulations on the upcoming book. I hope the Kickstarter outperforms all your expectations. Woo! So do I. So yeah. do I. <laughs> Manak the Maleficent, make sure you pronounce that correctly, immolated 47 unfortunate reporters at the beginning of the interview, increasing to 48 by the end with one es- escapee. Mark Rosenthal. I'm... So pleased that they're listening to our podcast with such fantastic attention to detail. Thank you very much. <laughs> Paul Venner says... Hello, Paul. Hi. Thanks for listening. Hi, he says. Hi. Hi. Good Hi, choice. Paul. Strong opening line. I like it. The number of journalists reduced to ash is 48. 47 previously reduced and then the poor, unfortunate interviewer. Which would be you. Which would be me. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks for you. But as we, as we established, <laughs> I have gotten better. Yeah, yeah. Stick. Our good friend Tyler McConnell. Hey Tyler, nice to hear from you. Hi Morris, hi Peter. There were 47 piles of dust for 47 journalists. The final journalist wasn't turned into a pile of dust because you can still hear him screaming at the end. After all, genocide can get so samey. Looking forward to the Just Dread Kickstarter. Last week's episode did a great job hyping it up. Best Tyler McConnell. Oh, that's a good point. Were you turned into dust rust? Or ashes? I, I think I was. You think you were? I certainly intended to be when I... That, that, that was the intent <laughs> of the recording. So we get, oh, that's, oh, oh, Tyler. Oh, I don't know what to say. Well, we've got so many people that have got valid arguments. I think we're probably just going to let them all... It does sound plausible. Yeah. And as we're both GMs, we do know that a good plausible argument is everything we want. Because that's buying right there. Jay Robinson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's Manak the Maleficent turned 48 journalists into Ash, including our unfortunate interviewer. Thanks Ooh. for the mention last week. Nice. David Anderson Thanks says, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Really? Oh, well, I mean, yes, of course you are. Thanks so much, David. <laughs> we have a fan. Yay! Yay. <laughs> uh, and I put it in my weekly list of listens from episode one. Oh, thank you. I'm also a big fan of your wine game, and I'm looking to use it for a street-level superhero game I want to run. And by wine game, he means what's old is new. That he does. Yes. <laughs> this week's answer, he says, is a bit tricky because yes. he... So as the interview started, yes. there were 47 pals mm-hmm. of used-to-be journalists. Yes. At the end if the, of the interview, it would seem there are 48. Keep up the great work. David from Tampa. P.S. Yes, it's hot here. Indeed, I imagine it is very, very warm in Florida. So thanks for listening, David. Uh, Carl White's next. Yes. Uh, Carl White says the interviewer observed 47 piles of journalist dust. Mm-hmm. He then failed to pronounce Malak the Maleficent's name correctly <laughs> and became 48. <laughs> ah, yes, yes, of course. However, he points out that, of course, Malak threatened to destroy the interviewer's family, friends and town. We can probably assume there were more journalists among the interviewer's extended circle of victims, and that's before we consider the remaining interviews, which, on past form, are likely to result in further fatalities. So I think I'll go with 48, with the following caveats that we know of, and so far. I'm liking the amazing precision of these answers. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. (laughs) Loving the podcast, and I was delighted to have a full episode dedicated to the upcoming Dread RPG this week. Can't wait for the Kickstarter, though I suppose winning this week's prize would mean I wouldn't have to. Please keep it coming. (laughs) It's true. Yes. (laughs) I had not considered that. (laughs) Uh, Here we go. Paul Bendel. Hey, Paul. Thanks for listening. Hi, Morris. But not Peter. Ha! He doesn't mention you. Spurned. <laughs> I've tried my <laughs> Great podcast and counting the days until 25th September. Malak has turned 48 journalists into piles of dust. Good work. Good work, good work, yeah. good work. Uh, so that, that's our entry. We've got 10 of them. Yes. So would you like to roll a D10? I think let's, 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 let, let's call them all correct and valid entries. I, I, I didn't hear because... any which were obviously incorrect. I thought that they're all valid. None, none of them offended my sensibilities. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, so the wizards.com dnd slash dice slash dice dot htm result is four. Number four. Yes. One, two, three, four. And our winner is? Our winner is um, David J. Robinson. Hey, well uh, done, Mark, Jay. Mark, turned 48 journalists into Ash, including our unfortunate interviewer, Jay Robinson. You are this winner. Woo! Uh, yeah. and thank you so much for everyone else who entered um, 
Good luck next week. Good luck this week. Uh-huh. Oh, we need a question. Uh, uh, so the prize this week, because yes. so many people in last week's competition yes. said they were so excited about the Judge Dread book. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same prize again. Another oh. another copy of Judge Dread and the Worlds of 2000 AD um, to the person who Ooh. gets the answer to this question correct. Would you like to ask the question this week, Peter? Yes, I would love to ask the question. The question would be, what is the name of the person who created the giant rat colossus that thwarted Malak the Maleficent's giant rat colossus and colossi collide. Who knows? Well, we're hoping you'll tell us. If you can send your answers to... Uh, morrispodcast at gmail.com with a closing time of Sunday, uh, midnight GMT. That would be absolutely fantastic. Time to sign off then. Yeah, it'll be goodbye from it. Yeah. See <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. will <laughs> be goodbye from him. <laughs> oh, uh, but thank, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, it has been a pleasure, as always, yes. to incompetently try to entertain you um, for an hour or so. Um, and it's goodbye from me, Russ. That's goodbye from him. I thought goodbye from him. And it's <laughs> goodbye from him. Thanks, David. Bye bye. Goodbye. I genuinely believe that that was the most interesting, informative, and entertaining podcast I've ever listened to. What? No, I was listening to The Infinite Monkey Cage with Professor Brian Cox. The Morris podcast is rubbish. I don't understand why anyone would listen to it. I think I shall lock Russ and Peter in a tiny room and play Rick Astley's greatest hits on repeat to them for a week. Maybe that will make them think twice about not being the best podcasters in the world.